Hello and welcome to the podcast. Pastor Frank here. I want to thank you for tuning in. I believe our listening audience is is growing. Um, I get the statistics from SoundCloud and I'm just so excited as we're approaching the 10,000 plays uh, mark uh, since the beginning of the program about a year and a half ago. So uh, please spread the word, tell a friend, tell an enemy about the program, anybody but uh, I do believe they'll be blessed as they listen. Amen? So this week, I want to talk to you about what I call the mystery of Christmas, because God reveals mysteries to us. Uh, we are the chosen few, if you will, and um, they're mysterion in Greek, and they're the mystery of Christmas. And he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery. You know, great is the mystery of godliness, Paul says to Timothy. But what I want to talk to you is about the mystery of Christmas, and this is part one, so you want to tune in next week. I'll be talking about the mystery of Christmas, part two, and I want to read a scripture to you from the book of Colossians, chapter one, verses 13 through 20, and I want you to think about Christmas. I want you to think about the stable. I want you to think about the fact that this baby that was born in the stable was really the awesome creator of everything. So let's let's go ahead and read the scripture, and then we're going to go ahead and talk about Christmas in the light of the Word of God. Paul speaking to the Colossians, he says, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. I believe God has now put on my heart to help you increase in the knowledge of God, and each week I want to impart a little bit of that as I teach you, as well as share the marvelous testimonies of what God has done. He says, to be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. I mean, this is like awesome that you get to have an inheritance. I get to have an inheritance. This is a real everlasting inheritance with the saints in light, and that's what our Father has provided for us. And really, I hate to tell you this, but, well, I don't hate it. I love to tell you this, that when you're at church on Sunday, they're reading the will. It's the last will and testament. It's, it's the new covenant. It's, it's our inheritance they're reading. So let's go on to read verse 13. He says, Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son? I cling to this scripture. Whenever darkness tries to drag me down and the world is full of darkness— And I say, no, I'm delivered from darkness. I've been translated into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Oh, thank God for the blood of Jesus. It's accomplished. It's finished. The blood will never lose its power to wash away your sins. But I want to talk to you about verses 15 through 20. As we look and understand Christmas, I want you to think about the dirty stable and God and man really meeting for the first time, the, the visible presence of, of Jesus. So who is the in image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, to begin to understand the depth of what happened at Christmas? So when you celebrate the holiday, you'll have something inside of you to be able to share with your family and friends, a deeper meaning, maybe even read the scripture with them. It says, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they're thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell, 
in having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him. I mean, this is the gospel. This is um, a more of an elaborate uh, explanation of the gospel. It's, they, some believe it was a, a hymn that Paul wrote down the hymn. But what I want to say to you is if you'll stop and look at that baby in the manger and understand that he created the whole world, all of it was created for him and by him, and he's got preeminence, he's firstborn from the dead. The fact that he would come as a little baby, I mean, in, in humility, and, and instead of like fanfare in a palace with power, with thrones, he, he in a sense left the throne in order to come come to us, to our meager life, and to become one of us. And when we say God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, the word so always stuck out of me. It stuck out to me. I would say, why did he say so? What does so mean? You know, God so loved the world. I couldn't just say God loved the world, you know, but he, but there is a word there in Greek, God so loved the world. It's, it's like an exclamation point, you know, that he gave his only begotten son, that who would ever believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So th- this extravagant love of God God for us is just so powerful. And when you look at the the Christmas scene, uh, you you need to understand a little history there. They didn't really have Christmas scenes uh, celebrated until St. Francis in the year uh, 1223, when he had the living Christmas scene, the living nativity. It spread like wildfire, and every church wanted to have it thereafter, and since. And people have it in their home, on their porch. But you look at that living nativity, And you understand that he was alive, he was a living baby, he came into the world because he so loved you and me so that we could be with him in heaven. He became poor that we could become rich. Amen? It's deep. you got to tune in next week for part two. It's even... It's even deeper. Hallelujah. (laughs) But I love you, and I want to get some material into your hands. Uh, Please uh, write me uh, at frankjulian5gmail.com. And if you want one of my books, I have three, one on the Ten Commandments, the book they made the movie out of, and the uh, autobiography. $15, I'll send you all three. Um, and then the movie is owned by Fawn. So if you want to make a donation to Fawn, whatever, you can send that to Fawn, P.O. Box 394, Allen Park, Michigan, 48101. And that's P.O. Box 394, Allen Park, Michigan, 48101. Love to hear from you. I'd love to get this material in your hand. A lot of it is testimonies and things that God has done and showed me. The, the Ten Commandments book is actually Ten Sermons. And uh, really, it's about healing. Unfortunately, we broke all of them in spirit, (laughs) but God came to heal us. Well, God bless you. Merry Christmas. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, a special program next week, and I'd love to hear hear from you at frankjulian5 at gmail.com. Again, God bless you. Merry Christmas.